Prophecies foretell the future second coming of Jesus, a resurrection of the dead, and an eternal judgment. Well, we will analyze these events in an effort to refocus on the important things and to prepare you for your eternal existence on this edition of End of the Age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. Now, you know, everyone, I know life is crazy right now. I mean, with it seems like a new COVID variant every other week. Uh, you know, vaccine and mask mandates, quarantines, uh, rising inflation, and, and there's always taxes to deal with fake news, public school indoctrination, privacy breaches, supply chain issues, um, chips and food shortage. And I don't mean potato chips. I mean the chip shortage and food shortages. Uh, Rumors of wars across the globe, conflicts everywhere, loss of freedoms in the United States, the border crisis. I mean, we're dealing with all these things. I mean, and, and a million other things vying for our personal attention. I mean, we, have to, we, have, we are dealing with things that past generations couldn't have dreamed of. But a man once said, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And that is so true. And that's why... I wanted to do this program today. I I really want to refocus everyone on the most important things in this life. Beyond your family. And that is your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And future events that every person under the sound of my voice will need to prepare for. Every person. No one will be exempt. Now, yes, this is end of the age. And yes, the Bible does prophesy a a, a coming six-trumpet war or World War III, an Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement, building of a third temple on the Temple Mount, uh, world government, world religion, a mark of the beast. These are things that we'll have to live through. An antichrist, a false prophet, Uh, What, the Battle of Armageddon um, and many other events. And, of course, we talk about these topics on a daily basis here on Into the Age. And to show that we are in the end time just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, again, I'm trying to focus us back in because of all the things that are vying for our attention... Sports, I mean, Hollywood, you name it, YouTube, Facebook, 
Now, I should say metaverse and all this other stuff that's coming. There's a million things that are trying to pull you away from the important stuff. The first and the second comings of Jesus are the most important events in the entire Bible. At His first coming, Jesus came to die to purchase a plan of salvation so that we could go to be where He is at His second coming. And of course, this is when He will come to gather His elect, the church, to be with Him. But before we get into some of these topics in in detail, and we will before the end of the program, I want to give you just a, a, a brief, real quick overview of what the future holds Because like I said, every single person under the sound of my voice will have to face this, will have to come to grips with it, will have to deal with it, and should prepare for it. So, at the second coming of Jesus Christ, He he will appear as a loving, merciful Savior to those who have obeyed His word, and allowed Him to be the Lord of their lives. But to those who did not obey His word, and receive Him as the Lord of their life, He will return, the Bible says, in vengeful flaming fire to execute judgment. It is at the battle of Armageddon, which occurs at the very end of, of the Great Tribulation, when the Lord will eliminate all human governments here on the earth, He will set up His government, the kingdom of God, on the earth, which will reign supreme for the next 1,000 years. Revelation eleven fifteen says that, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world, are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever. No more human government once that happens. And furthermore, um, Daniel 2.44, it's a prophecy about the same thing. It says, and in the days of these kings, the ten kings from the Holy Roman Empire, uh, the current European Union, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. It's a prophecy of the soon coming kingdom of God. And it will, excuse me, it will be perfect peace on earth for the next 1,000 years. And the saints, the church, will rule and reign with the Lord in this kingdom and it will be governed according to the the biblical principles. No more, again, no more human government. God will rule them with a rod of iron. And of course, the Bible teaches that Satan will be bound during the entire 1,000 years. But the question is, to all of us, what will happen after the 1,000 years of peace. Because that's when we begin 
the eternal existence, right? This is the one I'm talking about. The one that we need to refocus in because what we're going to do in this life, what we're doing right now, the decisions we're making are, is determining where we will spend eternity beyond this 1,000 years. So I, we'll, uh, we'll talk about it in detail when we get back from the break and I'll give you all the verses in, that you can, if you're ta- teaching Bible studies on this, if you're wanting to know what's happening, we're going to talk and we're going to help prepare you for that time because nobody's going to miss it. Nobody is exempt from this. Every person under the sound of my voice needs to come to grips that this is happening. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time Message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, You can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Now, I want you to think about this in the grand scheme of things. We're just a few years away from the second coming of Jesus Christ. I mean, my li- I'm 53 years old. My life is flying by. And I- I'm running 100 miles an hour trying to keep up with this thing. And God is helping us, thankfully. But if I live to be 100, that's going to like, go by just in a snap. But I know that we're, I- I'll never live to be 100. God's going to come back. It's going to happen. We're the generation. Just get ready. And we will see the soon return of Jesus Christ to the earth. That's going to happen before you know it. The 1,000 year millennial reign. That's going to go by. I mean, that, we're, we're going to be immortal at that point. It's going to go by like zip and we're done. 
in the grand scheme of things. Think about the grand scheme of eternity and how fast 1,000 years is not even a blip on the screen on an eternal existence. But what happens after the 1,000 years of peace, that's what we need to be mindful of. Again, that's why I said all these different things vying for your attention in this life We'll deal with COVID. We'll deal with the mask and the vaccines and all this other stuff and the, the um, wars, rumors of wars, the, the, the uh, border crisis, all this stuff. I'm going to deal with all that, take it in stride, but I'm going to make sure that I've got my eternal existence. I'm going to the right place. Now, we're going to talk about heaven today and we're going to talk about hell. I know hell is not an, is not a... Um, a popular topic, even among the church, in our in, in in lots of churches. I'm in churches all over the United States every year, and I listen to sermons in the evening and things like that. And very few churches will talk about hell anymore. Think about that. But hell is very real, and so we're going to talk about it because I'm talking about eternal existence. The Bible says there are one of two places where you will spend eternity. And what I'm doing in this life and the decisions I make is going to determine where I spend in that eternity. So we need to talk about it. And I wanted to make sure with all the chaos, I mean, we talk about all kinds of subjects here on End of the Age. But periodically, we need to refocus and say, okay, this is what I'm doing in this life. Why was I put here? What am I supposed to be doing and where am I going? That's the most important. So, what happens after that 1,000 years? Revelation 20, verse 7 through 8 says, And when the 1,000 years are expired, remember, Satan is bound for the 1,000 years. Satan's going to be loosed out of his prison. He's going to go forth to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth. Gog and Magog, Russia again, he's going to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And when Satan's loosed, he's going to spread his deceit because he doesn't even know how to tell the truth. He's the father of all liars. And he's, he's going to be allowed once again to deceive the nations. And if a nation can be deceived at that point, after living through the 1,000 year millennial reign, they will. Gog and Magog, again, that's going to be specifically Russia. The Bible says Satan will influence the nations to come against Jesus Christ at Jerusalem, which I can't even comprehend that because having been ruled by Jesus Christ for a thousand years, for them to think they can come against Him is insane, but yet the Bible says that Satan's going to deceive them into doing it. But there's not going to be a war at that point. Revelation 20 verse 9 says, And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city, but there was no war. The Bible says because fire came down from God out of heaven and just devours them. It's done. Revelation 20 verse 10 says, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the Antichrist, the beast, and the Antichrist and the false prophet, where they are because they were cast there in Revelation 19.20 at the second coming of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, and they sh- and, uh, shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. The Antichrist and the false prophet, 
cast into the lake of fire before the millennium, and then after the 1,000 years, Satan's going to be loosed, and yet, and, but there's no contest. He's cast into the lake of fire. Then Revelation 20, verse 11 and 12 says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, whose face from... Uh, whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was no place found for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. You've heard about the great white throne of judgment all your life. If you've been to Sunday school or any place like that, you've heard about this great white throne. And the Bible says that they will stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things, which were written in the books according to their works. And so all people not that did not go in the rapture, who do not, who do not already have eternal life, they're going to stand before the great right throne of judgment. They will be judged according to their works. God will determine the eternal destination of all people. And this is what I'm want to focus you in on today because of, I know there's, it's just chaos in our society. And, you know, I mean, it's even caused people that said, well, I've got a quarantine, I, I, you know, my church closed down for a week or two or whatever, and, hey, I've become accustomed to just staying home from church. And, wow, okay. Well, the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, even so much more as you see the day approaching, for if you sin willfully. So make sure you're going to church, if, if at all possible. Um, <clears throat> because there's a lot of things that cannot happen while you're sitting at home on a couch that happen at church. An altar call, a baptism, uh, feeling, um, you know, you can, can you feel the presence of the Holy Ghost? Yes. But it's different than being in church with a collective group of people. And wow, I wasn't even going to touch on that. Okay, so let's move on. Revelation chapter 20, verse 13 to 15 says, And the sea gave up the dead which were in them, and, the, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not written in the Lamb's book of life, was cast into the lake of fire. Now, remember, earlier in Revelation 20, verse 4 through 6, it says, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. This would be at the second coming, at the time of the rapture. There are those, these are those who made the rapture, and, and it says, it goes on to say, On such the second death has no power. So those who make the first resurrection... This is the goal of you and me. Everybody listening to me, we have to make the rapture, okay? They will not be made to appear before the great right throne of judgment. The Bible says, on such the second death has no power. They will have already received eternal life and their reward a thousand years prior at the time of the second coming. Remember the Bible says in Revelation 11 that when the seventh trump sounds that the reward... There's judgment and reward is given to the saints and the prophets. They're judged worthy and they, they will go into live as kings and priests for a 1,000 year millennial reign. They're the ones that are raptured. So what's going to happen after the great white throne of judgment? Well, Ephesians 3.21 says, Unto him be glory in the church by Christ 
Jesus throughout all the ages, world without end. What lies beyond the human existence? See, a lot of times we think, hey, the way it is right now, that's the way it's always going to be. That's simply not the case. Not if you understand the Bible. Fire is going to fall from heaven and consume the mortals at the end, and that's going to end humanity as we know it. It happens at the time just prior to the great white throne of judgment. And God's people will become his bride and will rule and reign with him during the millennial reign. But God's plans for his people after the millennium include world without end. Now, obviously we know the earth is not destroyed by fire at the time of the second coming because of the 1,000 year millennial reign. There will be mortals that live into the millennial reign. And now, I want to clarify something. I've had people say to me, well, hey, if there's mortals that get to live into the millennial reign, and if there's the possibility of there being a plan of salvation, I've actually had people tell me, I may just wait till then to get ready. Okay, that's the, that's the worst decision you could make. Because the Bible says that it, that um, at the uh, during the vials of the wrath of God in Revelation 16, the Bible says when the, the vials of the wrath of God are be, being poured out, that men blasphemed God and did not repent of their sins. My father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, told me years ago, he said, Dave, I was talking to him about this very topic, and he said, Dave, if people won't get ready on this side, if it's in their heart not to get ready and live for the Lord... They won't get ready on that side. I've seen a lot of films and different things where people, the rapture and the second coming are, will occur and people are um, will say, oh, we missed it. We probably ought to get ready. Where's that in Scripture? Okay? We need to look to the Bible, everybody, and make sure we know what the Bible says. We've got to make the rapture. You say, Wow. There's some gravity to this topic. Absolutely there's some gravity. We've got to make sure that we don't let Satan crowd our life with things that will take us off of the main thing. And that is making sure I'm living my life so I can make the rapture and I can go to be with Jesus when he comes. Now, the Bible says unless an individual is born again, Neither he nor she can even enter the kingdom of God. Whatever you do, it is imperative that you make sure you understand what it means to be born again. And that is what it takes to participate in the kingdom of God, his eternal kingdom. And Jesus is coming soon. Your response to the gospel of God's kingdom will determine your eternal destination. So the best thing an individual can do to equip themselves for these future events and the second coming of Jesus Christ is to be born again. Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3 that he couldn't see or enter the kingdom of God unless he was born again of the water and of the spirit. John 3. And I want to offer you I, I'm just a really quick because I want to hit some more topics here 
And we've given away millions of these, but to get you a free copy of the brochure, what do you mean born again? You say, but Dave, I don't know what to do. It's really simple. But I want to give you all the verses and all the topics and explain the whole thing. So we give a brochure. What do you mean born again? Call 1-800-END-TIME, 1-800-363-8463, and just tell them upstairs, hey, I want the free copy. What do you mean born again? Send it to me. Or just go to endtime.com and look up what do you mean born again. It's right there. You can read the whole thing. It's like a probably a 10-minute read. And then if you need a church to that will help facilitate that, let us know. Give me your zip code. Give Doug Norvell your zip code. DRobbins at endtime.com, DNorvell at endtime.com. We will find you a church because there's nothing, nothing more important than this. Now, I want to tell you, you say, well, wow, I've lived a pretty sinful life. And you know where we, I mean, the Bible says we've all sinned. Everybody has sinned. The Bible says we're all born in sin, shaped in iniquity. That's why Jesus Christ came and died. So, you, you say, I, I, don't know if, I don't know if Jesus Christ loves me. I don't know if God loves me because I've did some horrible things. Listen to me. Get, that's, that's a lie from Satan. I don't care who you are, what you've done. Jesus Christ came and died to save you. You say, but Dave, oh man, I've had... I've been immoral and I've committed adultery and I've lied and cheated and stealed and, and I, you know, I've did just horrible things. Everybody has sinned. Nobody's above you. Everybody has sinned. But I want to tell you, you have a hope in Jesus. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21 says this. Very important. Bob says, therefore, if any man or woman, be in Christ. Any. It doesn't, it doesn't pre-qualify and say, well, if any person but the person that did this sin. It says, therefore, if any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that, here, this is so important, you guys, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto him. I'm holding right here. I want you to hear this. Matter of fact, I'm going to read this set of verses again. Because I didn't realize I was going to cut it in half here by the thing. But very, very important. You have a hope in Jesus Christ. And we'll go through these verses when we get back from the break. Because this is a, this, there's nothing more important than this topic we're talking about right now. Our eternal destination. How do we get there? Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. 
When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Okay, now, I didn't want to cut this scripture in half. It's 2 Corinthians 5, 17-21. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. There's no other way. And so, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself, by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. You say, but Dave, I've sinned. Look at all I've done. God doesn't love me. That is a lie from Satan. Don't believe that lie. Everybody that's in church has been born again and on their way to heaven right now. Every one of them have sinned. But they can be forgiven and their sins can be paid for by the act of Calvary. Okay, so not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Very important word. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him, this is very important, him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So, let me, let me just make sure you understand. When verse 17 says, I can become a new creature, does that literally mean that Jesus Christ can turn a lost human being into a new person? Yes. It does because it happened to me. I have never been the same since the day I was born again. I'm not talking about some kind of imagined pseudo experience. This is very, very real. I'm talking about a genuine spiritual experience. It happened to me back in (coughs) December, December, of 1981. I was 13 years old. And it, cha- it changed my life forever. 
But before I truly experienced Jesus Christ, I lived a life of condemnation and guilt. I thought God was angry with me and was anxious to punish me all the time. If I made a mistake or done something dumb, oh, God hates me. But remember, verse 18 said that I could be reconciled to God. What does the word reconciled mean? Um, The Latin word concilio means to bring together. And the prefix re means again. So the word reconcile means to bring together again. All of us were separated from God by sin. But the scripture says that we can be reconciled to God by Jesus Christ. How does that work? Well, it seemed like years ago that the harder I tried to find peace with God, the more I wrestled with condemnation. But look at what verse 19 says. There it says, God reconciled us to himself by not imputing our trespasses to us. Say, how in the world does that work? I mean, what does it mean when it says God will not impute our trespasses to us? He won't lay them to our charge. Now, that's not for everybody, but to those who have been born again. So the word impute means to place on the account of or to attribute to. Once we are in Christ by being born again, God will no longer impute our trespasses to us. You say, well, but that's not fair. I totally agree, it's not fair. But it's what the Bible says will happen. And, you know, how could that possibly be, right? Well, go to verse 21. It explains it all. It says, for he hath, he, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So let me explain that. Okay, so Jesus never sinned, but he loved us so much that he volunteered for our sins to be imputed to him so that his righteousness could be imputed to us. So um, let me make sure I'm getting it to, uh, let me, let me make it uh, just as simple as possible. You got to get this because this will change if, if you're, if you've never been born again, you need to be. If you've been born again and you're wrestling with condemnation and guilt and things like that, you need to understand this. There was a a law that ruled the human race from Adam until Jesus Christ. It's called the the law of sin and death. Uh, Ezekiel 18.4 says, Behold, all sins are mine. As the soul of the Father, also the soul of the Son is mine. Here it is. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. So, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The law of sin and death. All of us lived under the law of sin and death. However, God loved us and didn't want us to die. And therefore, He designed a plan to save us from the law of sin and death. God said, I will become a man and be tempted like every other human being. However, I will not yield to those temptations. I will live a sinless life, and consequently, I will not deserve to die. But I will trick Satan into killing me anyway. Remember, the Bible says that if the princes of this world would have known who he really was, 
they never would have crucified the Lord of glory. Okay? That's when Satan was defeated. And think of it. when The Lord was saying, look, when Satan kills me, he will have broken the law of sin and death. Since only the soul that sinned must die. Once the law of sin and death is broken, the contract is null and void. It's broken by Satan and it will no longer be in force. And you and I can be participants of that. We can be recipients of what he did on Calvary. Of him coming, robing himself in flesh and dying for us. Uh, Romans 8, uh, 1 and 2. It says it like this. There is therefore now no condemnation. I know you've read that verse a million times, but you thought, I still feel condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, not the law of sin and death. Once you've been born again, that doesn't apply to you anymore. For the law of Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. So don't let Satan torment your mind. If you haven't been born again, be born again. If you have been born again, don't let Satan torment you with condemnation and guilt. If you make a mistake, get up, repent, and keep on trucking. Okay? How does this death pay my sin bill? You say, why are we talking about all this today? Because there are people with all this mess going on in the world, they're getting their mind off the most important thing. And that is your relationship with Jesus Christ and where you're going to spend eternity. You've got to be working on that right now. Okay? What you're doing right now in this life determines where you spend eternity. Remember, the next few years before Jesus comes, that's going to go by like that. And the 1,000-year millennial reign, that's going to fly by. We're talking about eternal here. What's going to matter is where am I spending my eternal home? That's the most important. Me, my family, my friends, my sphere of influence, everybody I can get my hands on. Okay? When a person is born again, they don't owe the bill of sin any longer, which is only paid by death. Jesus Christ paid our bill through His death on the cross. When you're born again, you, know, you now have the promise of eternal life. And to, to answer it really in, like, in as simple a language as I can, God robed Himself in a human body at Bethlehem. He lived a sinless life and then chose to die in my place. That means I don't have to die and now I have the wonderful gift of eternal life. And if, if I do go by way of the grave, I'm simply in a sleep state until He comes to get me. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. The second coming is going to happen. I'll be raptured and I'm with Him. That's why it takes the fear factor out of your life. The fear of dying <coughs> and a lot of other things. So, again, I'm going to offer the free brochure. To get your free copy of the brochure, what do you mean born again? Call 1-800-END-TIME, 1-800-363-8463 or visit endtime.com. And you say, well, why don't you go through the whole plan of salvation right now? Because I want to, I've got some other points I want to hit. I want you to get the brochure in your hand. That's my main point. Get the brochure so you can read it or go to endtime.com. Everything's right there. Go through all the verses. It would take most of the rest of my program, okay? And that's why we offer it. We've given millions of them tracks away. 
So, the second coming. The things that are super important ahead of us. Things we're all going to face now. Yes, He is coming back a second time. Angels prophesied His return. You remember in Acts chapter 1, Jesus was getting ready to ascend into heaven. He had just been crucified. He spent three days and nights in the grave. Rose from the dead. And for 40 days, showed Himself alive by appearing to many people at different times. One time He even appeared to a crowd of 500 people. And that which pro, it provided infallible proof that He had in fact risen from the dead. After those 40 days, Jesus takes his disciples out to the Mount of Olives. He gives them his final instructions. And he told them, hey, go back to Jerusalem and and stay there until you guys become endued with power from on high. And, you know, many of them, they were from Galilee, which was about about 100 miles to the north. So they, they could have just gone home. Many of them would have. But he wanted them to go to Jerusalem because while they were there, he was going to empower them and baptize them with the Holy Ghost. And he, t- he told them in Acts 1.8 that they needed to go to, they needed the Holy Ghost to have power to fulfill his commission. He said, but you shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all and the, to the uttermost parts of the earth. So after giving these final instructions, he lifted his hands and he blessed them. And then he suddenly ascended into heaven, Right? And while the, the Bible says, while the disciples stood staring up into the sky, watching him go, two men in white apparel stood by them and they said these words. They said, ye men of Galilee, why are you standing here gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, is going to come back in like manner as you have seen him going to heaven. So this is the promise. This is one. There's, I mean, the, the Bible's chock full of He's coming back. This is the promise that Jesus would return to the earth, one of them. And the disciples, they had no idea it would take 2,000 years, right, for the promise to be fulfilled. So it it still has not happened. But it's very, very, very close. We talk about it all the time here on End of the Age. And so, but it is going to happen. It's been 2,000 years. It's going to happen very soon. The promise of Jesus' return is firm. He is coming again. That's the second coming. That's one of the things I want to focus your mind back in on. He's coming back very soon. Also, the Bible says one of the doctrines of the Bible. It's in Hebrews 6, resurrection of the dead. You and I, very soon, if you've been born again, you're coming back out of the grave. And you're going to be with Him when the last trumpet sounds. We're going to go through a lot of these verses when we get back because I want to make sure you've got them. And these are are scriptures. They're going to happen. The prophecies always come to pass. Every single one. And so I'm going to give you verses for all of these. Resurrection from the dead, our eternal state, and many others. You don't want to miss it. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon-coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Okay, here we go, everybody. I'm focusing you back in on what's coming very soon. And we've got to make sure all this chaos going on in America and around the world, make sure that you look past that and focus in on what's coming. Because again, none of us are even promised tomorrow, right? So we've got to make sure we're prepared for these events that all of us are going to live through. So, resurrection of the dead. First uh, Corinthians 4, 13-17. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead, even so them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. They're coming back out of those graves with an immortal body and then we, the Christians that are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. You and I are all going to face this event. It's going to happen. We can't miss it. It's a prophecy in the Bible, and I've got to make sure I'm prepared. 1 Corinthians 50 through 55. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you, a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, this mortal shall put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall it be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O Hades. O hell, O grave, where is your victory? That was not a King James translation, by the way. Now, eternal judgment. Yes, there will be an eternal judgment for every person that has ever lived. Every person. No one will escape. Some will be judged and be given a reward. Go to heaven. Some will be judged and will not go to heaven. Now, I know a lot of people don't like to say the hell word, but there will be people that go to hell. I don't even like to honestly talk about it. 
Jesus talked about it more than any other preacher or teacher in the Bible. And I know we need to talk about it. Because some people are... The Bible says uh, in the book of Jude, some people are saved by love. They love God. They want to serve Him. They're saved. Some people are saved by fear. I think that Satan would love for us not to talk about hell. Because it can bring somebody to their senses and say, there's a hell. Throw cold water in their face. Whatever. Yes, there is a heaven. But if you, if you can believe in heaven, you've got to believe in hell. Because the same book tells us about both of them. Okay? And I know it's not popular. It's not politically correct. I don't even care about that stuff. I want to get people to heaven. So I'm going to preach the Word of God. We're going to teach the Word of God just like my father-in-law always did. Because you know what? I know where he's at. And I want to go where he's at. I want to go where Jesus is. And so, very, very important. When I got saved at 13-year-old, I was saved by fear. There was a... uh, a, um, a message that went forth in our church that night. And maybe some of you have heard these in your church that you went to where, you, hey, you're walking on, uh, you've been wading the balance and found wanting uh, and some of those type things that scared me to death. And I went up and, and I was born again that night. And very, very important. So eternal judgment. Matthew 25, 31 through 34, and then uh, verse 41 says, When the Son of Man shall come in glory, in His glory and all the holy angels with him. Then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all the nations. And he shall separate them from one another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you, from the foundation of the world. But the Bible also says, Then shall he say also unto them that are on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devils and his angels. Now, I, I know a lot of people have emailed me, and I've talked to people over the years that says, Oh, there's no such thing as a physical, literal hell. Well, you'd have to really jump over and jump through a lot of hoops in the Bible to say there's not a physical hell where there's going to be a physical fire that physically torments people for eternity. It's told over and over and over in Scripture. 2 Corinthians 5, 10-11. Now I'm talking about eternal judgment. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body. According to that he, he hath done, whether it be good or bad, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Okay, 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 through 9. And to you who are troubled, rest with us, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with His mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and have obeyed not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. How do you obey the gospel? Be born again. Talked about it. Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. Uh, Hebrews 9.27, It is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. There is a judgment coming, folks. Revelation 20, 11 through 15 And I saw a great white throne, him that sat on it, 
I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in them. Death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So I got to get my name in that book, right? Be born again. That's how you get your name in the book. Now, I wanted to talk about the eternal state. We're beyond eternal judgment now. Everybody's been judged. Everybody's going to be judged. I proved that scripturally. Now the eternal state. Let me first go and talk about the eternal state of the unrighteous. I know everybody, not everybody. I've heard people say over the years, everybody's going to go to heaven. The Lord loves everybody. Everybody's going to go to heaven. That is not true. The eternal state of the unrighteous. Matthew 13, 49 through 50. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Now, I understand that people would like to say, ah, there's no hell. I understand that. Again, you're going to have to jump over several scriptures in the Bible to say there's no hell. Okay? Matthew 25, 30, 41 and 46. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devils and his angels. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment. Now, you say, well, no, hell's just the grave and it, it's, there's no punishment at all. You'd have to jump over these scriptures to say that. I'm just being honest here, folks. Mark 9, 43 through 44. And if a hand offend ye, if it's just going into a sleep state for eternity, <clears throat> why did the Bible say, and if your hand offends you, cut it off. For it would be better for you to go into life, into eternal life maimed, than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that is never quenched, where the worm dieth not, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Why would it say that if it's just an eternal sleep state? It says, hey, if you've got your hand, if it's you're doing you're stealing or whatever, you're doing something. Jesus was saying, if your hand offends you, cut the thing off. Because it'd be better for you to go into heaven without your hand than to go into hell whole. Revelation 14, 11, And the smoke of their torment ascends up forever and ever. They have no rest day or night. Who worship the beast in his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Revelation 20, 10. The devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet already are. And that shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Revelation 20, 14 through 15. The dead in hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Whoever was not found written in the book of life, cast into the lake of fire. I'm talking about an eternal state for the unrighteous. Revelation 21, 8. But the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, liars, shall have their part in the lake of fire, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Don't want to go there, folks. There is 
an eternal state for the unrighteous. But thankfully, there's an eternal state for the righteous. John 3.15 Whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. John 14.2-3 In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be. Hebrews 11, 10 and 16. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker was God. But now they desire a better country, that is, an heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Revelation 21, 1 through 4. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city of New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all their tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, no sorrow, no crying, neither shall be there, there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And so, folks, I just want to tell you today that with all the chaos going on in the world, yes, I'm living through it too. I've had COVID twice. My wife has had COVID twice. We had to go through the mask mandates and all of this, the chaos going on in the world. We've lived through it all. I'm living through it with you. And I'm dealing with inflation and $3 a gallon gas and all these other, the mess. It's called life. I'm going to deal with it, but I tell you what I'm going to do no matter what. I am going to be born again because these things are coming and I want to make sure that no matter what life throws at me, I am prepared to meet Jesus when that trumpet sounds. And all of us here at End of the Age, we will keep you abreast of every situation, but we want to make sure that you are prepared for that event as well. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com. 